Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 20. Welcome to the Secrets to Real Estate Investing podcast by House Flip Masters, where you will learn powerful strategies from top experts in real estate investing, and you will find valuable information to take your investments to the next level. Now, here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing by House Flip Masters. We have a really experienced, interesting guest today. I'm so excited for him to come share his knowledge and expertise with you, my listeners, today. His name is Rod Cleef, and just want to share a little bit about his background with you. He is definitely one of America's top real estate professionals and has personally owned more than 2,000 single-family homes, yes, 2,000, and multiple apartment communities. He's also built several multi-million dollar businesses and has dedicated himself as a community philanthropist, forming and leading the Tiny Hands Foundation, which has benefited more than 40,000 underprivileged children. I just love that, that he has had huge success and is now giving back. So with that, welcome to the show, Rod. Oh, thanks so much, Holly. I really appreciate you having me on. This is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yes. Well, for those listeners that have not met you or heard you before, give us a little bit of background on what you've done and how you got to where you're at today. Well, I cringed when you said 2,000 houses because it's painful just to even think about having done that. And by the way, guys, don't do that. Those of you that are listening, that's not the way to do this business. But anyway, my background, I immigrated when I was six from Holland, uh, ended up in Denver and uh, decided I loved real estate and started buying houses there. Ended up buying about 500 houses in Denver, all on a buy and hold strategy. I did a lot of flipping though too. And I know this shows a lot about flipping and I love flipping and I made a lot of money flipping. Um, but you know, I, I decided a, a fairly early on that I loved cash flow and uh, consistent cash flow. And you know, I realized that when I was flipping, I every January first, I had to go back to work again. So, you know, what I what I decided was I want to buy assets that cash flow. My problem was is I stuck with houses instead of just doing multifamily. So I ended up with 500 houses in Denver, sold all those, bought a couple hundred houses in Memphis, which I call, affectionately call a seminar. I don't call them failures. I call them seminars because you learn from them. But then ended up buying about 13, 1400 houses in Florida. And uh, when 08 hit, I had 800 houses. And in 2006, my, my net worth went up $17 million for, uh, just sleeping. And of course, I did the math on that. It's like $3,500 an hour. And my head was so big, I could barely make it through the door. But that was 06. And everybody knows what happened in 08. And, in, and I didn't focus on cash flow. And so, you know, the re and, and so I imploded, I mean, 800 houses, poof, I it was a $50 million seminar. And uh, what was interesting, though, was, well, let me back up. And the reason that it, it, it imploded was because, uh, t- first of all, taxes and insurance are very high here in Florida. So they really impact your cash flow. And I had pulled money out of these houses, you know, through refinancing. And I just didn't focus on cash flow. I focused on value 100%. And so um, what was interesting, though, when the whole thing imploded, uh, my multifamily properties, I had some apartment complexes, and they did just fine. And so I came to the realization that I should have stuck with multifamily for the buy and hold piece of my strategy. 
So, you know, I started a podcast myself called Lifetime Cashflow Podcast, and we just talk about multifamily real estate investing. And it, it's, you know, that's kind of my aha moment from uh, my experience was, uh, you know, single family houses are a great way to make a ton of money um, flipping. And I mean, I, I have some incredible stories from flipping, but uh, but it, you know, every January 1st, if you're flipping houses, you go back to work. But if you take that money, if you guys are smart and you take that money and you invest it in cash flowing assets, now you could do houses. I'm going to push for you to do multifamily, but you could do houses too, of course. But if you invest in cash flowing assets, of course, at some point, you don't have to work anymore. And to me, it doesn't get any better than that. You know, I, I, uh, when I was buying properties in Denver, I was looking at apartment complexes and I, I met this old Jewish guy. This is decades ago. Um, I guess probably 30 years ago. That really dates me probably 35 years ago. Anyway, and this guy told me something I never forgot. He said, I told him I wanted to buy apartment, comp, apartment buildings. And he looked at me and said, son, that's the smartest thing you could ever do. He said, and his, his were all free and clear. And I remember what he said. He said, if you do it and you pay them off, it's buckets of cash. And that, that phrase stuck with me to this day. So, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of my stick and that's my background in you know, 30 seconds or less. But uh, anyway, so. I love it. Well, I'd love to give our listeners kind of the, the overview of kind of your path. Maybe you could share with us one of your flipping success stories, if you can remember sure. way back. Oh, sure. Yeah. That was and, a long then, time and then we'll ago. graduate on to your other deals that, you know, as you went on to apartments. So. Well, I, I will tell you a little trick. I'll tell you a little trick. Now, this is something uh, that I, you know, I, I subscribe to, but this is going to make some of you guys that are listening cringe. But where I've made my most money is when I've been willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do. Yeah. And what I did back in Denver was I literally went and knocked on the doors of people that were in foreclosure. Knocked on the door, not mailing like everybody else does. I knocked on the door. Hi, this is Rod Cleef. Um, I saw I was down at the courthouse. I saw you having some trouble with countrywide funding. I help people in situations like this. Do you have a minute to chat about it? And if you have the gumption to do that, it can be very lucrative, okay? I, now, of course, I was a broker at the time, too. I was actually listing houses. I forgot to mention that. I got my broker's license when I was 18, and that's how I got started, was just listing these foreclosed houses. But then I realized, hey, why am I not buying them? And so that's when I started buying. But, um, but the, 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 the moral of the story is, and this applies to pretty much anything in any business that you do, if you're willing to do what other people aren't willing to do, you can be a success. Every night, and I'm not kidding. Monday through Thursday from 5.30 to 7, I was knocking on doors. And then from Saturday for a couple hours for the people I didn't meet. And I'd leave a card and I, you know, something like foreclosure specialist on my card. And, but, but the key here, guys, if you guys are thinking about doing this in whatever market you're in, the key is you have to come from a place of love and caring. You do not come from a place of I'm going to buy your house and make money. You come from a place that I'm going to help you. I'm here to help you. And it, you need to embody it because they will sense if you're, not, if you're you know, there to take advantage of them. You have to come from a place and truly you are there to help them. If you solve their problem, you've helped them. So you look for a win-win situation. It's not a win-lose. And you can help people and make a ton of money doing that. So that's one thing, one little tip. Another thing that I'll tell you that, that has been very successful for me is, and again, this is doing what other people aren't willing to do, is, you know, how everybody gets lists and they mail them. We buy houses or they put the yard signs up. I've done it all. Taking 
one extra step in actually getting phone numbers for properties that you see that are run down that have potential, you know, for a deal, you know, when you're driving for dollars and actually getting those people's phone number and actually picking up the phone and calling. And that's what very, very few people will do. But I'm telling you, you know, that's what, you know, I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I was pretty much, I I wasn't afraid of rejection. I was afraid of rejection from girls, but not from sellers. (laughs) I went out and, and did this. And um, so that's kind of, that's kind of my flipping story. And I, 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 I mean, I, I used to, <laughs> I, I don't know if I should share this publicly. I will screw it. I, I, I used to buy houses and I'd had this crew and I would put two car garages on them. And, and, but, but I didn't pull permits. I would literally just throw in the foundation and we'd build the house on the weekend and I'd sell it. Now I'm not advocating you do that, but that's what I did. That was my MO and this was 38 years ago. So they can't bust me for it now, but that's what I was doing. (laughs) I was throwing two car garages up on these houses and selling them. Now um, that by the way, you can do and pull permits. It's a little more money, but, uh, but the bottom line is um, there's a ton of money to be made in flipping houses. If you find the deal, and if you're willing to do what other people aren't willing to do, you'll find the deals. And, but again, back to, back to a job. Um, flipping is, 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 is a lot of fun and you make a ton of money, but guys use that money to invest it in something that, that cash flows because that truly is how you build wealth, in my opinion. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. Flipping... I feel that that's kind of like the first phase. So like maybe somebody's got a corporate job and they're looking to increase their wealth. Flipping is a great thing to do on the side, on weekends, to grow that quantity of money that you can then turn around and invest in other things. I mean, sure, you can keep reinvesting to flip, 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 but flipping is a job. I do it. I know it's a job. So if you want to get to that passive income level, that's where you've got to invest in something like multifamily. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how you got into the multifamily? I guess you had that one guy. Well, you know, I was, yeah, no, I, I started with like a duplex and then a triplex and then a fourplex and then a few of those and then a sixplex, tenplex, 20, 88, you know, and, and you just grow it. But, you know, I will tell you that like flipping, if you have the connections, if you, ha- if you develop the relationships, you really don't need money to do it. And, and I'm being candid. I bought, I bought a thousand houses without any of my own money. So, I mean, you know, uh, I'm, I'm saying, I'm not going to tell you it's easier if you have your own money. Money, but you can do it without money. And, and so, you know, and, and same with multifamily, if you syndicate, but it's, it's knowledge. And so, um, you know, it, it's, it's, and I tell, I, I take, I take phone calls from my listeners and I take about six to eight a week. I have time for that many. Um, and I'm out months in advance, but what I tell these people, and they all want, you know, they all want to learn in 30 minutes how to do this. And so I tell them there's two things you got to do. One, you've got to, you've got to study it. And like anything, you have to study it. And, and the podcasts are a great way. I hope you come listen to mine, uh, Lifetime Cashflow Podcast. But it's, you got to do more than that. You need to get the books I, I, or take a course. You need to book study. And, and, and I am ultimately probably going to do a course, but I don't have anything to sell at this point. And, but my point is you have to do that. That said, that's just half the equation. Because the other half is you have to go out there and kick the tires. You got to look at deals. You have to call brokers, develop relationships, um, 
evaluate properties and do all this in your backyard, guys. Don't, don't go out and try to pick a market just because your backyard's too expensive. Learn in your backyard because, you know, that's how you're going to learn. You're going to develop an intuition. Um, you know, I interviewed a guy named Grant Cardone, who's a sales superstar uh, about a month ago. And, and guy's got 4,000 apartments. He's got his own jet. I mean, he's just a rock star, but he made his money in selling sales development programs and he invested that money in multifamily real estate. Many of the people that have made a fortune in multifamily real estate have done it by making the money in something like flipping houses maybe and then investing in a multifamily real estate. But the reason I bring him up is he studied it for five years before he bought his first property. And I'm not saying you have to do that, but at that point, and he talked about this in my interview, he literally could go and Google Earth a property, look at the cars, look at the way that, and he in to intuitively know if it was a good deal or not. And I know, and I'm sure you did, Holly, from all the houses you bought, that at some point you got to a point where you could literally walk in a house and in about two minutes know if it was a good deal. Am I right? Yes, for yeah, sure. So you, you develop that intuition. I'm Maxim Gladwell, Malcolm Gladwell has a book called Blink that talks about that, about how you develop that intuition. But, um, you know, but, but guys, the, the, the key here is that you have to do both things. You can't just go look at deals and not study this. And you can't just study this and not look at deals. And trust me, I know because I did the first one. I just went and bought deals and I didn't study this. And I made every possible mistake you can ever imagine. But then again, there are a lot of people that get caught in analysis paralysis. They study it and then they never go look at deals and they never, they never take action. So you have to do both. Now, guys listening, if you're willing to do that, you start building confidence, you start building congruence, and you can go out there and talk to investors and sellers and brokers and have the ability to influence them if you have that confidence. But that only comes from learning this, learning it through studying it, and learning it through going out and looking at deals. And one last thought, associate pleasure with it. it you know, like I tell my kids, do what you love and work as play. So if you, if you don't love it yet, make sure you associate pleasure with it so that you ultimately do love it. And I quite it to treasure hunting and everybody loves treasure hunting and that's what you're doing as you're learning this business and studying these properties so there you go there's my I love that I love that analogy session (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic yeah Yeah. I mean some people I'll I'll even say women in general they'll like to go shopping for clothes well I like to go shopping for houses I think that's way more fun than shoe shopping or clothes shopping and I associate pleasure with finding great deals and opportunities those women win-wins as you talked about with the absolutely what else can you buy that somebody else pays for i mean you know when you buy real estate i mean it's it's like i'm just i was just shocked as i was buying these houses one after another and by the way guys i bought these one at a time from different sellers it wasn't like bulk purchasing i bought two thousand houses one at a time and the key to there is the key to that is systems okay i mean i'm really good with systems but you know, my dumb ass should have bought multifamily and stuck with multifamily 10 years ago. Sorry, I used the four-letter word there, but uh, it, it's, that's, that's how I feel about my buy and hold strategy because I'd be on the back of my yacht right now if I'd have done that instead of single-family homes and I'd have survived 08. But, but anyway, guys, I hope, you get the, I hope you're getting the message, and that is, you know, um, 
invest in yourself, invest in annuities. And maybe it's not multifamily. Maybe it's buying a business that has, that has, uh, that throws off money, but use that money to invest in something that produces cash flow. You know, like Kiyosaki talks about in his books, otherwise you're over in the self-employed section. You're not in the business owner. You're not, you know, building an investment, you know, in cash flow quadrant. He talks about these four quadrants and, you know, on the right, you want to be on the right side, not on the left side. The, the left side is self-employed and employee. The right side is in investor and business owner. So, you know, that's why, um, you know, I, 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 I'm a big advocate for building lifetime cash flow. And by the way, can I mention my book? Yes, of course. Okay, so, so guys, I just finished this book. It's in editing right now. It's, it's called Lifetime Cashflow. <laughs> Imagine where I got that name. And um, it's 200 pages long. It's totally soup to nuts how to build, uh, uh, you know, how to build a multifamily portfolio. And I'm going to give it to your listeners for free. And there's no upsell. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, this is not a bait and hook and it's not fluffy. This is real, a really good book if I say so myself. So if they want it, they can just text my name, Rod, to 41411. So Rod to 41411 and we'll put you on the list for the book. It's probably going to take another 60 days before it's done. Um, I, I just did a, 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 also another non-fluffy piece called The 29 Mistakes That Many Apartment Buyers Make, and I'll probably send a copy of that as well. It's real good as well. But, um, but anyway, happy to do that. Just bear with me. It could take up to 60 days to be completely finished, but it's really good. Literally everything from picking a market to talking to brokers to talking to sellers to negotiating deals to evaluating deals to the due diligence process to the contract process to the property management process on and on and on. So it's really good. Love it. Can't wait to read that myself. Well, right. why don't we talk a little bit about, so someone has, they've got some money from flipping houses and they say they want to get into multifamily investing. What is like the first thing you talk well, about? I, I, it's, it's, not, yeah, it's, it's what I just said. It's study this because this is not, it, this is a little more complicated than houses. Okay. There are a lot of nuances and, and, you know, I'm not saying it's, 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 it shouldn't be intimidating, but you shouldn't go in half cocked, and, and dabble. You don't dabble, okay? Don't be a dabbler in this business because you don't want to make a mistake. And, and, and I'm saying, start with a duplex. So you, guys, you guys that are flipping houses can handle a duplex, a quad. It's easy, okay? And start there, start, you know, or if you feel the inclination, start with a 10 unit, a 20 unit, a 30 unit. But like I said, take that dual track, study it so you understand it. And, and also, um, Look at deals, evaluate deals so that, you know, you're really out there kicking the tires and starting to get a feel for the, for the terminology, the way to evaluate a deal, how to talk to brokers, developing relationships with brokers because they'll make you a ton of money. In the, in the multifamily business, brokers can make you very wealthy. Um, and, you know, I talk about that in my book, you know, how you have to develop the relationship and these brokers don't make any money unless they close. So sometimes it's very difficult to get them to pay any attention to you until you've actually closed on a deal. I talk you how to get, I tell you how to get past that, but, but, um, but you got to do both those tracks. You got to study, you've got to look at deals and you know, if you'd like, I can talk a little about the psychology associated with it because honestly, a lot of you guys are sitting on the sidelines. You listen to these podcasts and you never take action. So if you'd like, I'd be happy to. Yeah, let's, let's go in that direction. All right. So 
I was telling you before we, we uh, started that I've spent about 16 years with uh, studying Tony Robbins technology. I've been to probably four of his events every year for the last 16 years. And wow. I, yeah, and, and because he's, he's incredible. And guys, any, any of you listening, if you ever have an opportunity to see him live, it'll be the best money you've ever spent. But, uh, and his books are fantastic too. But um, the bottom line is, you know, if you're thinking about getting into this or any other business, you have to, the first thing you have to do is you, you've got to determine what it is you want. I mean, what, why? Why are you getting in the business? What is, it, what is it you want? So, do your goals, okay? And and don't just write down your goals. Write down exactly why you want them and not just the positive reasons either. So, you you want this goal and you want it because it'll, you know, let's say it's it's 100000 a year or 100000 a month, whatever it is, and you write down the why because it, I'll be able to buy the house I want. I'll get, the, I'll get my spouse what they want. I'll be able to get the car I want. But then you write down if I don't get it, you know, I'm just going to sound harsh, but, you know, then my family will feel like I let them down or, you know, I'll feel bad about myself or whatever. Put some negative stuff in there too, because people will do more to avoid pain than gain pleasure. So make sure you put both positive and negative wise. Now, I will also tell you, get pictures of the things that you want. If you look in my planner, and you're recording this, so I can actually show you my planner. Um, I've had this planner here for 15 years and I have pictures. I can hold this up without knocking everything down. So here's my planner. Here's my gratitude pictures. These are my kids. Okay. And these are the, my son is 18. You see how old he is here. He's like two, but these are all things. Then, then I go into the things that I wanted. I have a house that looks like this now. Okay. On the water, it's a compound. I have, uh, but I guess my point is I have three-fourths of the things that I have in here. I have this watch. Um, I had a Lamborghini. I wrecked it, but I had a Lamborghini. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it, 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 this stuff works. Get the pictures of these things because, and I'll tell you the story. Um, when I first got in real estate, I had this four-door Granada, Ford Granada, ugliest thing you've ever seen. I thought it was what you needed to be a real estate broker. And I wanted a Corvette. So I got a picture of the Corvette. I put it on the visor of my Granada, and I got a Corvette. Then I wanted a Ferrari because Magnum PI, you know, Tom Selleck had a red Ferrari. I wanted that Ferrari and I ended up getting a Maserati that looked just like it um, a year later. Wanted a Lamborghini my whole life. I uh, ended up with a Lamborghini. Wanted a house on the beach my whole life. Ended up getting that. Guys, this stuff works, but you, but you got to visualize it. You know, uh, Olympic athletes visualize a race. The Olympics just happened to visualize a race before they do it. They're taught to do that because it's so effective. So visualize to manifest. Get pictures of what you want do the goals your wise the pictures and think about and have them in front of you because you're gonna get knocked down you're gonna get bloodied you're gonna get you know off track and it's it's these visuals and and focusing on what it is you want that'll get you back on track so you know that to me that's the driving force. And I, I do little um, five to eight minute clips uh, on, on shows on my podcast about the psychology of success because honestly, 80, 80% of, uh, of your success in anything is your psychology. Only 20% is this other stuff we're talking about, the mechanics. 
okay? And so you've got to, you know, get the mindset, be able to push through fear. And that's why I, I, I do these little five-minute episodes on mine where it's just me talking about the things I've learned from Tony. But, but you can get this stuff online. There's, I, there's lots of stuff on YouTube about psychology. In fact, there's a lot of Tony clips on YouTube. But my point is, make sure that your mind's in the right place, that you're doing this for the right reasons, and, um, and that you have these driving force things around you. Write your goals every day. Grant Cardone, he's a multi-multi-millionaire with his own jet. He writes his goals every morning and every night. You know, I, I do it once a day now. I, did, I tried it for twice a day. It was just too much. But, but that gets you to focus on what you want instead of what you don't want, you know, mm. and that's, that's critical. And, uh, and I'll, I, one last thing about success. I've met a lot of people that are very successful financially and they're very unhappy. So it's not just about success. It's also about feeling fulfilled and fulfillment means different things for different people. You know, you mentioned my foundation. I, you know, it's really funny. I, I built this 10,000 square foot, $8 million house on the beach here in Sarasota. And I thought, man, this was my biggest dream. And I was floating in the pool, looking up at this house and I got depressed. And because I had, I had achieved but I wasn't fulfilled, okay? Well, there were two things going on. One, guys, when you set a goal, if you're about to achieve it, make sure you have other goals positioned because like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. So you need a vision for the future. And I didn't have a vision anymore. I achieved everything. So that was one component I found out later as I evaluated how come I felt bad. But the big, the big reason was I was unfulfilled. And that year is when I met Tony, thank God. And, and, and he had fed millions of families. And so... Can I talk about my foundation for a Please minute? Please do, yes. Okay, sure. so, so um, and this isn't a plug for it. It's just to tell you how you can do this in your own life. Basically, I went out after I, you know, I saw what Tony was doing with, with his basket brigade, he calls it, and I did my own basket brigade. We did five families in 2000. 2000. And then uh, I, 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 I got hooked because I, the third family I delivered this big basket of food to was this, was this lady who had, uh, she had five kids. She was in a, uh, this shack crappy place that she lived in she came out she saw the food she started crying her five kids came out they all started crying and I was hooked next year I fed 50 families the year after that 100 the year after that 200 then 400 then 800 then 1600 in 06 I fed 1600 families and I did that from my pocket um, then 08 happened and you know so I formed the Tiny Hands Foundation it's tinyhandsfoundation.org and we have now fed 45,000 kids for the holidays very proud of that Wow and we've done thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies here locally uh, we just did 1500 backpacks two weeks ago um, filled with school supplies which is just astounding to me that kids in America don't have basic school supplies, but I won't go off on that tangent. But, and then we've done thousands of teddy bears to police departments to, for officers to put in their cars to give to children when they, you know, when they encounter a child that's experienced something traumatic. But guys, the, the message here, and that has fulfilled me, okay? That's bigger than the money. But the message here, you don't have to go to that level. I mean, you can be fulfilled. You get fulfilled by not focusing on yourself, but focusing on other people. So even if you just go to the, go to a restaurant and you ask the weights person how their day is going, you ask them about themselves, you smile at the people you see, 
then you're contributing. And that's what, that's what brings you fulfillment is when you contribute. And it doesn't cost money. You can contribute with, without spending a dime. And, you know, you have no idea the impact of taking an interest in someone else. I mean, you don't know who they might see next. It could be somebody that's suicidal. And you could literally have impacted someone to save someone else's life. So, you know, just give back to, because the success is empty without fulfillment. So keep, you know, as, as my kind of last thought on the whole psychology thing, keep that in mind because uh, you want to be, you're, we're in this life to be happy, not just achieve and make a ton of money. Making a ton of money is fun, but it won't make you happy. Well, I appreciate that. Sounds like you experienced making a ton of money and thanks for sharing that. Cause well, I've lost a ton of money too. Let me tell you. So I, you know, it's, it's, but, but uh, it's, it's the, the giving back and of course love and my intimate relationships, you know, that with my family and stuff that, that give you, that make you feel fulfilled. It's not the money. Right. Well, it's what the money can do and how many right. people you can help with that money, which obviously you're doing. So. And that should be, that should be some of you guys is wise. Okay. It should be who you can help with what you do when you're a success, because I can tell you there's nothing greater than taking your, your parents on a cruise or buying your mom a house, which I've done both these things or, or buying them a car. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And, and of course, these things with the foundation and helping people that, that, you know, that you don't have any expectation of, of a response from. But. Awesome. Yeah. And I find great fulfillment when I think about all of the contractors and laborers that are working on my house flips. I had that realization a few years ago. One day I looked at my husband, I said, I think we have 35 people on job sites today that are feeding their families. Because of you. From us. Yeah. Super rewarding to know. I mean, not only are we creating better neighborhoods and helping families get nice new homes, but all the people that contribute along the process, that's not even counting escrow entitled realtors and all those other. No, absolutely. And, 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 and it's important that you focused on that because it's easy to get caught up in the money, but yes, you're adding value right there. And sometimes it's just that shift you need, but the, the key here is to be, is to be fulfilled and, and no question you can, you can chalk that up in the fulfillment column. No question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're just here about the end of our show, but, and this is a little bit of backtracking, but why don't you tell us about um, kind of the returns on investment that people can and should expect to make in multifamily investments? Well, they're, they're exponential, Holly. I mean, you know, I mean, I've made a thousand percent returns. Okay. I mean, you know, I do mobile home parks too, by the way, mobile home parks and apartments. I mean, the, the cash flow is, can be exponential. And what's incredible about multifamily, um, it, you know, it's, I don't think we have enough time for me to totally explain cap rates, but if all multifamily is valued on net operating income. So when you're evaluating a property, all you're looking at is the cash flow. You're not, you don't care, value is out the window. It's irrelevant. What you're looking at is net operating income. And if you have a low, lower cap rate, is uh, cap rates are how you evaluate the net operating income and, and do a calculation to determine value. If you have a lower cap rate, it's a higher value. And I can tell you just a you know, if you do small incremental increases in rent, like 20 bucks in a hundred unit complex at a six cap, I think it's like 400,000 in value. 
just a $20 bump in rent. So that's what's so exciting about multifamily real estate is you have things that, you, that are within your control. When you're dealing with values, you're talking about, you know, comparable sales and things like that that are out of your control. But with multifamily real estate, if you see how you can raise the rents or lower the expenses, you immediately impact value. So it's kind of, you're in the driver's seat and, and that's when you're evaluating. These are some things I talk about in the book as well, but, but when, you're, when you're evaluating a property, you're looking to see, hey, is this property have a high expense ratio? Is that something we should look at? Maybe they're, they've got you know, family or whatever that's been managing the property for years and they're paying them too much. So you can immediately cut expenses and immediately increase value. Or are their rents low? Are their rents at market value? And you can, raise them to market value or you can bill back uh, utilities to those clients. It's called rubs and, and you can bill back the utilities and immediately increase value. So that's, what's exciting about uh, returns in multifamily. But you know, if you if you get into it full bore and you like, you start doing syndications and pulling in investors and things like that. I mean, 20% returns are not out of the question at all for your investors. So you know, there you go. Nice. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This has been really enlightening, exciting, rewarding, so many golden nuggets. I was just taking all kinds of great notes. And great oh, thanks. Well, I just had coffee. So if I was talking a little too fast, forgive me guys, but thank you. Thank you, Holly, for having me on the show. It's, 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 uh, it's been a lot of fun because I've been the one doing so, you know, how, how to win friends and influence people, you let them talk. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now, now you think I'm a good friend, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's how it works, guys. Let the other person talk and they'll love you. <laughs> yes. Well, just um, one more time, go ahead and say the name of your podcast and how people sure. can get in touch with you with your website. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. So it's lifetimecashflowpodcast.com. On iTunes, it's Lifetime Cashflow Podcast. And um, that book, if you guys want it again, it's text 414. 411 and just put my name Rod uh, on the subject line and uh, or text Rod to 41411 and I'll put you on the list for the book and uh, we'd love to have you check us out uh, and Holly keep up your good work I've really enjoyed your podcast as well you're totally kicking butt with it well thank you and I'll have Rod's information in our show notes if you couldn't catch that you can catch it in our show notes and definitely check out his podcast thanks Holly all right thank you all right bye now If you found value in today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. You can find our show notes at our website, houseflipmasters.com, on the podcast page. Also, to get our top tips for finding deals without spending lots of money, go to houseflipmasters.com for your free download today.